Welcome back to Coaching Kernan Podcast Network. We've got a special edition for you today. Our resident expert, Sal Marinello, on our episode 42. I can't believe we've been going that long. Uh, Sal Marinello, our performance expert on our uh, our episodes that have to deal with the round table. We have our myself, Kevin Kernan, Will George, and of course, Sal. Uh, Sal touches on so many great points that have to do with the physical and mental part of the game of baseball and other sports that we tie in that we thought it'd be important to have an episode once a week now where Sal comes on as a spotlight and gives us a little bit of a deep dive on some hot pressing topics uh, for Coaching Kernan Podcast Network and our mission to help build a better baseball IQ. Sal, welcome to the show. Uh, glad we could do this. I think our audience is going to get a treat here with you today. Thanks, Dave. Looking forward to it. And, you know, I've always been told I have a great face for a podcast, so uh, we're right in my lane here. Yeah, I can attest to that, too. You and I both. You and I both. Two, two Italians right here on a yes, audio, audio only. So um, so with, with the topics today, there's two topics that kind of uh, we touched on them with the podcast this week. We haven't gone as deep into it because, of course, we're, you know, we've got uh, lots of topics going on. And But I thought it was important to deep dive today. So I'll start you off. I'll kind of just toss it to you and let you let go with it. But um, for, first topic that I think our audience needs to hear about. We, we've had a lot of seemingly healthy athletes across all sports, and specifically, uh, you and I shared an article about Sam Hartman at Wake. Um, what, what, in your opinion, is going on right now with some of these athletes, and specifically with Sam? Uh, we can put the article on our, our, our website and our social media, but he had an, an issue with clotting. Um, these are 19, 20-year-old athletes in the prime of their life having these really um, odd medical issues right now. What, in your opinion, what's going on here? What are you seeing? Well, I there's a uh, an incredible epidemic of young guys dropping dead, um, having heart issues, and suffering unusual circumstances uh, as this one. And and why, Dave? Why this one caught my attention is really how it's been handled. You know, we've heard a lot of stories about guys going down, and and. Not as it doesn't seem there's as many women, although there there have been some women. Um, recently, there was just a, a 17 year old golf uh, high school golf uh, athlete who who they found dead on the golf course. He went out to practice, but this thing with Hartman was interesting. That um, early August, I guess, right after they got back from camp, they said he was going to be out with an uh, indefinite period of time with a non football related uh, injury or 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 health issue. So you know, I was like, okay, scratch my head. The uh, the the conspiracy theorist in my and me said it's got to have something to do with the vax the vaccinations because I know at Wake you had to be vaccinated to play and to go to school. So and it just nothing happened. And about a few days before the start of the season, I put something up on Twitter about um, interesting how there's been no follow up. And, you know, someone responded, well, you know, it's not a, it's a non-football injury, so they don't, because of HIPAA, can't talk about it. And I, I think that's absolute nonsense. Uh, first of all, uh, there's plenty of injuries we read about all the time. Uh, you know, Dave, we talked about it on the show. Tatis broke his wrist riding a motorcycle. So that certainly has nothing to do with, with baseball, and everyone knew what happened. So, uh, and sure enough, this week, and now again, we're not in uh, in Raleigh, North Carolina, so we don't get the... The, the scoop on Wake Forest all the time. But I have a former player of mine or a former client of mine who played at Wake Forest last year. We were talking about it. He knew nothing about it. And he played. And then they talk about he had a clotting issue and they attribute it to something called Paget-Schroeder syndrome, 
we've all heard about it, Dave, in baseball. It's um, thoracic outlet. It's a version of that. You know, it's due to um, uh, it's a deep vein thrombosis related to repetitive effort, repetitive mo- motion. So right off the bat, that's clearly something from athletics. Why didn't they come out and say it? Um, and it just leaves a bad feeling in me that all these things are going on and we're not getting the true story. And it makes you wonder what risk there is for this kid. He had to have surgery. Uh, the treatment is they have to take blood thinners. So, you know, you don't know what the risks are to this guy. If you read the article, it's like, oh, he's fine and he's going to be okay and there's no issue. It's just one more thing on top of one more thing that makes you scratch your head and say, hmm. And it really makes you worry for a lot of these young guys at this point. Yeah, these these are kids that are they're having. I mean, the scholarship's worth a half a million dollars on the surface, let alone the amenities that come along with it, from gear to support with the academics to weight training, conditioning, all that stuff. So, you're talking about a multi million dollar investment just in one player, and you'd like to think that. Uh, and I understand the privacy issues with it, but your point is well taken with the Tatis injury. Um, you know. And I, I, I don't want to have to have you go into conspiracy theory, but in your opinion, I mean, what, what do you think is going on? What, what do you think is happening around this young man? Well, I think, you know, the, there's two issues. He obviously had a clot. They, they had to remove it surgically. If you look at how these are handled, that is usually the best method. Um, there is a likelihood of it recurring, you know, dependent upon the other, ca- uh, other uh, factors. But if you really do, it, what's crazy, if you look at the, the, um, the condition that people are normally in when they get this, it rarely happens to someone who doesn't have some other underlying conditions. So I, I'm I'm just going to say it because a lot of people are afraid to. I think it's another case of something, uh, side effect of this vaccination program and uh, this kid's at risk from it. And I just hope I'm wrong and I hope it doesn't happen again. But uh, I, I, it's just how many more times do we have to see this occur before people start to, you know, put their foot down and and talk about the real issue here, not just tippy toe around it. It just makes no sense to me. Yeah. And, and people forget with our athletes nowadays, especially these young college guys that are on TV all the time They're we, we forget that they're kids and there are somebody else's kid right now. And we, we, we hope that the people around them, the adults around them have their, their safety in mind at all times. It's been unfortunate. We've seen uh, as far back as in fact, I was just watching the 30 for 30 on Len Bias, um, uh, you know, other reasons with the collapse. I saw the one the other day on Hank Gathers, who had the heart uh, situation. And those are the extreme scenarios that, you know, happened decades ago, where now millions of people are viewing uh, this unfortunate incident where, uh, you know, protection happened too late. And I'm not saying that this young man had those same issues. Reggie Lewis also with the Boston Celtics, Um, you know, other sports. Uh, Sorry. And the other thing is, you know, when you read about how these um, symptoms present, it's not some minor thing. I mean, there's a lot of pretty severe physical manifestations of this clot, um, especially when it's in the uh, upper arm like it was for apparently for Hartman. And, um, you know, what the arm, what happens to the arm, there's discomfort, there's discoloration, it's swelling. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on. So, Again, I'm glad he played, and I'm glad it was, you know, it seems to be no issue, but let's uh, let's hope it, it doesn't get any worse than that. And let's hope we don't see any more instances of this as we go. 
and he's back on the field healthy playing right yeah, now. Yeah, he played, he played last weekend. And like I said, I went back and looked to see if there were many news stories. The things I saw were all like regional from down where Wake is. It was not, I didn't see anything on a major, you know, not that I have the ticker here, but, you know, most things of that nature you would see if this guy was coming back to play. Uh, I didn't see a whole lot around it. So, you know, I just get suspicious when it's handled the way it was handled, too. I mean, it wasn't, they weren't up front. You know, clearly this is occurs in a kid or an athlete who, it occurs in athletes. So why not just say it? You know, uh, it happened to David Cohn. He had he had a, a thoracic outlet syndrome. Other pitchers have had it. They get it repaired and they're back. So, uh, again, just it just struck me, you know, with everything else that's been happening. It just struck me and I thought it had to be talked about. No, that's, and I'm glad you brought it up. I, I think the, the the message as well as was that if, if it was, you know, said non-football related, that's why they didn't talk about it. But in essence, at the end, it came out with a football related quote unquote injury. So, yeah, we hope the young man is uh, continues to do well. He's had a good start to the season individually. So um, and he's he's healthy. So, yes, no, sir. I think that's point point well taken. And um, and then uh, I've got a couple things for our audience to look up after with the with the thoracic outlet and the Paget Schroeder syndrome. So our audience just got smarter today too with those two things. Now, we, you want to move on to the second topic here? Yes, sir. I'm ready to go. Yeah, we and this is a hot one for us. Obviously, we talk about it almost every show. Um, every guest that comes on, uh, you know, the topic of chasing velocity with pitchers and hitters right now too, where they're Exit velocity has been, I mean, they were calling it on foul balls the other night on a major league game. And then we're so concerned about pitchers, how hard they throw on one particular pitch, but less concerned about their abilities to use their stuff um, has been, it's not been measured. So I, I kind of wanted to throw it at you. Uh, we, we talked a little bit off the air about, you know, if somebody came into your facility and they could have, they could ask you about chasing velocity, but more specific to, you know, physical um improvements like the 40 yard dash or vertical leap. If they came in and said, Sal, I want, I want you to make me throw 91 miles an hour, uh, or I want you to help me run a four, four or I want you to help me jump vertical leap at 37, 38 inches. Um, do those things kind of parallel in terms of what your response would be? And, and, and what, what, what would your response be to that? Well, I think the general response and what we see is that people speak about this chasing velocity and being able to throw Let's, I don't know what the number is, Dave, you know, nine, low 90s, um, as if it's just a matter of figuring out this magic potion of a program, whether it's, you know, you know the programs that are out there. I don't need to mention them. But if that same kid came to me with uh, the desire to run a 4.5 or, or the discussion was, I want this kid to run a 4.5 without regard for taking into account anything about what his possible ceiling is. It's 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 ludicrous, you know. If we t- I talk about this with my colleagues, who get this wide array of athlete type, whether it's a softball pitcher or a baseball pitcher in particular, chasing this velocity, are we we kind of laugh about it? It's like the kid has poor ankle mobility, he has poor shoulder mobility, he's been in the weight room, and he's fifteen, he's not the most athletic kid, but they're treating him like he's a guy that can throw 90 miles an hour. Now, that never happens on the other side with the desire to run a 4.5, as you mentioned, or or have a higher vertical. Now, can can I make someone faster? Yes, relative to their ability. Can I make someone jump higher? We can improve those numbers. I have a track record 
of improving broad jump, vertical jump. But I can't tell you a number you're going to jump. And if you're coming to me as a, a mature kid or like a kid who's gone through puberty, and let's stick with baseball, and you want to throw in the, in that range, but you're nowhere near that, and you're nowhere near physically um, uh, prepared for that. It, to to try to chase that is is just crazy, and I think that's where all, all these injuries are coming from. Also, you're applying a program or a goal to an individual who is no um, uh, in in no condition to 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 do that, and that and that's where injuries occur. You know, I could go out and and work with a kid to get them faster, and we could do that three four times a week. Now, I I'm you know I'm assuming we're going to do this properly. A kid's not going to be at risk for that. That actually will help him regardless. It will help him from a conditioning standpoint. It will help him from a speed standpoint and an agility standpoint. But this this drive of trying to throw harder and faster and swing harder and faster is an, another layer of garbage that's leading to these injuries and breaking kids down. It's uh, and, and I hear you loud and clear on that. I'm, it's it's more clear to me now that arbitrary ceiling that one size fits all. Anybody can walk off the street, and these programs can touch him with the wand and say, "We can make you a you know ninety plus fastball, whatever the, you know the four five forty or the vertical uh, max out." It can't happen. And stretching somebody's limitations beyond what they're prepared to stretch obviously is detrimental to their their overall health. You're saying no uh, that. You can make somebody throw faster. You can make somebody run faster or jump higher. It just has to do with their physical makeup. It has yeah, to do with their relative, yeah, it's relative to what you know their ceiling is. I mean, not every like. I mean, you would agree with me, Dave. Not everyone could shoot uh, three pointers at fifty percent, even in a, um, a, a a empty gym setting, right? You take you could have a very good basketball player, but some kids are just better than others. So, you know, same thing with. Uh, any sport, you know, again, if, if, if every golf instructor heard now, I know people talk about this in a general sense. I want to be like Tiger Woods, but uh, really expects that they're going to get this distance or accuracy in golf or th- in any other endeavor. It's, it's, it would be ridiculous. But for somehow, for some reason, we've gotten to this point where this expectation that every kid putting them on a program is going to get them to get to 90 that's where we're getting in trouble i i think i think it's a good message to the the audience listening because as we see on social media i i believe parents that are paying the money for you know this this velocity chase uh whether it's hitting or, or pitching they believe wholeheartedly that their child is going to throw you know 90 plus if they continue to to do this or hit an exit velocity that's off the charts and I don't think that they're listening or they're understanding what you're trying to point out right now, which I think is a key message that, you know, it's the guys that can hit that, you know, we're seeing a hundred plus mile an hour fastballs, which is not healthy either. It's it, the body's not meant to do that. Um, they think that their child is the exception to the rule when in fact, 99% of them are the rule, uh, kind of like what you're saying. Yeah. And there's this all out, out mentality that you cannot maintain, you know, Look at sports. You know, I, I we've talked about football a lot on our on our big show, but you know those guys have a short career because of the all out nature of the sport. You know, baseball traditionally has had players playing longer and 
at an older age than most other sports. Hockey, for believe it or not, has had a fair amount of older guys continue to be successful and put many years on. But you're seeing baseball guys, you know, burn out. You know, I'm I'm not as familiar with the softball. I don't think it's. I'm going to say, uh, make an educated guess and say it's not in the same uh, position baseball is. But I would also make an educated guess that if they're trying to track what baseball players are doing, they'll be following that. Uh, pretty soon they'll be following that trend pretty soon but you know again it's just in my okay so I've been doing this at the high school level where I've worked with kids that have gone to every level of college from elite division one to very good division three the amount of legitimate four five 40 runners I've seen and the amount of legitimate 37 plus inch vertical jump I've seen is on two fan, two hands, and I've sent we, again. I've been part of coaching staffs that have sent kids every place, um, and that's you know. Here's another little secret. I think a lot of these times are BS um, for PR purposes. I think uh, you look at some of these pro days versus the combines, and the pro days miraculously the players seem always to be faster and jump higher when they're at their their home field. So yeah. Um, I, I think these are numbers. We're chasing numbers, uh, Dave. We're taking data just for the sake of it and making that the goal versus improving. And 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 again, go back to your era when you played pro and how many guys really threw 90. And now you're having these teenagers expecting that they're going to be able to throw 90 um, when, you know, in, in not too long past, 90 was still considered pretty good. Uh, for a, a pro, and you had guys thrown in the '80s that were successful. Yeah, and and those will tell you that the the radar guns are you know adding a couple miles an hour to things and and whatnot. And that was the question I was going to ask you about the times. We're seeing times, even pop times with catchers, you know, be below. They're being they're sub one eight, uh, and it's like that's amazing. There's no Hall of Famer that that can touch that right now. And you got these fourteen uh, year old catchers paying thousand dollars to be named an all-american for the day and they're just they're skewing the numbers to soothe the to soothe the egos of those that are paying them basically so or the other the other side of that is that number ultimately doesn't matter maybe it is one eight but he stinks otherwise or can't do other things so maybe that number doesn't matter i mean there's you know you'll, so you have to there's got to be an either or either the number isn't right or the number doesn't matter would, would you agree with that yeah, no. If, I mean, if it's skewed that much, or it's it's not resulting in a quality player other right. than just the number. It's just it is. It's like hiring a lawyer because he knows the most words. They have well, to know how to use them. Yeah, and they get the best the best example. Go that you could go look at the historical data at the combine for the NFL. Which again, it's not the same sport, but everyone wants to do that. They want to have their combine. Look at the combine, and look at what numbers what. Uh, with tasks uh, correlate with success. It's it's the it's the forty yard dash, and you could probably say it's the uh, vertical jump. Correlate mm-hmm. with success. What if a parent, just real quick as we we close out, if a parent came into you and said, you know, Coach Sal, you know, as your as your students call you, Coach Sal, I want to throw ninety two. What kind of, I guess, foundation evaluation would you do, quick eye, to kind of help that parent understand that? You know, maybe this arbitrary number is not where we have to go. We need to look at these components of this kid. Before uh, we- uh, yeah, I look at – I have a, a real quick movement analysis that I do, but I would look at ankle range of motion and shoulder range of motion. 
And the reason I say shoulder, Dave, is I've been shocked in the last couple of years how many baseball players have come to me with bad shoulder mobility. So if you have poor shoulder mobility, you're not going to throw. And even if you can throw hard, that's going to be short-lived because you're going to blow something out. And if your ankles are bad, at some point you're, you're going to have a problem too. You know, and there's, there's some mobility in the low back that you look at. But real quick, I'll say, if you look at how pitchers finish, we talk about, or I talk about Tom Seaver all the time. Go yeah. back and watch how he throws. Watch his finish where he's deep in that lunge position with the front leg versus how pitchers finish today. I think they're doing that because, and I'd love to talk to Mark about this, but I think they're finishing up high with almost a fully extended leg because they can't finish low. And that's putting more stress on the elbow. It's putting more stress on the shoulder. It's putting more stress in the kinetic chain, which is also leading to these injuries. Yeah, and you were very articulate about that. Actually, on episode one, I remember we talked about ankle range of motion with catchers. You shared a, a, a picture of a sniper in a stance and compared it to how a catcher should be and talked about how ankle flexion is hurt, not just in pitching, but other positions. Yep. And uh, you shared on another show about some tests you do with shoulder range of motion. So I encourage people to go back and listen to episode one and kind of pull some excerpts of Sal out and you'll, you'll get tidbits. And please uh, make sure you email us at coachingkernan at protonmail.com if you pick up things throughout the week that you want Coach Sal to talk about uh, on the, on the uh, short podcast we have with him each week. Uh, please let us know because uh, he's a wealth of information and uh, we, we need to, we're going to be doing this once a week with him to really expound upon some of the things that we're, able, we're not able to deep dive on the shows throughout the week. So Sal, any parting shots here for the, the kids listening or the coaches listening? Just reinforce what you said, Dave. I would love to do a show where it's one thing I pick and one issue we get from someone who listens to this uh, because you're the people we're trying to help. And I know what I would like to do, but the way we get a kind of feel for what's going on out there, in addition to what we see, is what you guys bring to us. So any feedback, uh, I'd love to see it and be able to pick a, one thing a week to, to talk about. Yes, yeah, perfect. Let's do that. And then, Sal, how can they find you on Twitter? And I also want to let the audience know, our, uh, the people that are on our show that have our shows, whether it's Sal or Will or Kevin or Jeff Fry, um, or we have Joe Frisero, who just started with us as well, Man on Second, these guys are great speakers and they're being sought after right now for speaking engagements. So I want to encourage people to reach out to Sal for speaking engagement. He'd be phenomenal in any setting. And how can they find you on Twitter if they want to get you directly, ask you some questions or hire you as a speaker? Uh, I am at Sal Marinello on Twitter. And um, you could reach me at uh, Coach Sal M at ProtonMail.com. Perfect. So oh, at Coach Sal M or Coach Sal M at protonmail.com. And, and uh, Sal gave you his Twitter. We'll put that in the show notes as well. Sal, this was great. I think our audience is going to benefit from this. Certainly met with our mission of building not just better baseball IQs, but better sport IQs in your sessions here. And um, the audience was screaming for this and we appreciate you giving them what they want. I know you're busy throughout the week. So thanks for meeting with us, taping on a late Friday afternoon. Uh, September 16th, but this will air on September 17th, Saturday. We'll put it out there and you have the whole weekend to catch up on it. Please let us know what your thoughts. Sal, thanks again, buddy. We appreciate your your uh, your baseball IQ. Thanks, have a good weekend, everybody.